What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the 2023 Bucketeers Mock Draft Preview Show. I'm your host, Tampa Tones. We got a loaded one today. Huncho rides co-captain. We're going to ride the intro in a second, then bring in Huncho as he is finalizing his draft. So how this episode is going to work is we're all going to share our drafts as a co-host. Stunna might be able to join us. If not, he gave us his seven-round Bucks Mock Draft. Huncho is working on his seven-round Bucks mock draft. I have my seven-round Bucks mock draft. So we're going to go over our mock drafts, give you guys who we think might be the good fits and the good takes. Where we go, we're going to even incorporate possible trade-ups, possible trade-backs. You could be offered players in a trade for the draft simulators. We're going to talk about all that good stuff and so much more here live on the Bucketeers. We got the 2023 NFL draft right around the corner. Jeremy's fired up our man and goes, let's talk football. LFG is Tom Brady used to mouth and I'm pretty sure all of us knows what that stands for. So we're going to roll the intro on the Bucketeers. You could be joining us live right now on YouTube, on Facebook, and so much more here on the Bucketeers. Catch a replay on Apple, Spotify, and so much more. We'll be right back in a flash on the Bucketeers. Don't blink and don't leave. We'll be back. Huncho, Tones, Stunna taking you all the way through the top of the hour. Let's ride. nervous for the Rams, but you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there. Bro, that, that game atmosphere was ridiculous. Energy, electricity. That place was rocking anyone was there. And a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Super Buck fans were there, too. Uh, Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron show of WDAE. Uh, Ed Donovan. Ed Donovan. And it sounds like Stunna is fumbling a little bit. Going to put him on mute for a second until that gets a little clear. But we're joined by Ben It looks Donovan. like Stunna is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there. <laughs> it does look like we got a little No, nah, my, my uh, camera's broke. Tones and Huncho here. Back on the Bucketeers on a Saturday. April Saturday here, so, you know, probably a little bit better weather wherever you're watching from than it is over here. A little brisk day in Chicago. Snow earlier, actually, so, in other words, it's draft season. <laughs> That's what the draft season is like over here. We got Jeremy joining. We got Nick joining. Nick says, let's go. We got all of our mock drafts, all the co-hosts besides a couple. Uh, Cats has been out for good reasons. We hope to get Cats back soon. He's chugging along fine, but just, you know, keep him in your thoughts. Nothing serious. But if you follow him on Twitter, you'll be familiar with what's going on with the Cats, man. So that's why he hasn't been around. Bucko down and out as well. But we have Huncho and me here. And then we have Stunna's mock as well. So without further ado... 
Let's bring in the right-hand man of the Bucketeers here, Mr. Honcho himself, the man, the myth, the legend, the Tampa King himself, the draft man. Honcho, how the hell are you, brother? Any uh, plans for this exciting NFL draft? I feel like it was just like the 2015 NFL draft when he took Winston, and now here we are eight or nine seasons later staring the 19th pick straight in the eye. Here, I'm, I'm sorry, brother. I accidentally had you mute. I, I had you muted. That's on me. We re-enter, my man. It's all good. Um, Yeah, man, it's been a while since I've been on, man. Thanks for having me back uh, on, and um, especially for this occasion with the dry, draft. And, um, getting situated with that, you know, uh, my plans for the draft, uh, I'll probably go down to Raymond James Stadium and um, actually go to the draft party and see what see what that's what it's going to be like that first day you know get a, a good feel with the bucks atmosphere with the new fans and the old fans and really ain't got to worry about too much of the brady fans anymore because they all kind of trickled off so and how are those draft parties have you been to one before will this be your first at ray j i've heard some pretty good things about him uh how are they if you've attended before and if not how'd you hear about it um actually uh this is actually my first time. This will be my first time uh, going. I've never attended one. I heard good, good stories about them, and um, pretty much I just want to get a feel in, in the atmosphere. What's what's it's gonna be like? And um, it's kind of it's kind of up in the air right now. We don't know kind of where we're gonna go with this uh with this first overall draft pick. So it's gonna be interesting interesting to see what we do. We got Corey Hayes tuned in on Facebook. How the hell are you, Corey? We got Jeremy tuned in, chatting with Huncho and Tones as well. Hunch, before we get to Jeremy's comment real quick about Bijan Robinson, I want to show you something here. And uh, Jeremy also has a comment on the draft party that we'll let you get to an answer as he seems like he's gone before. But Hunch, isn't this crazy? This is a barstool coffee cup mug and i know football doesn't last forever right but my buddy got me this and there are one two three four five pick five players here on the bucks pictured we're about to be down to one of those players wow. it's insane because left to right it goes mike evans he's obviously here then you got gronk brady jpp they're all gone already and then on the very end you got devin white who's uh oh, almost he's... as good as gone yeah, he's about out of here also with those antics and the stunts that he's pulling. I mean, I know he's he's losing the fan base right now. And, you know, some some guys in that locker room got to be looking at him some type of way. If you're. Yeah, and I agree with you, Hunch. And the thing that's going on with Devin White, I think it's a little weird. I don't think many of us seen it coming based on the first couple of years he had in Tampa. It seemed like he fit like a glove. It seemed like he loved it. I mean, he rides his horse around town. He won a Super Bowl. He was one of those high energy guys who had the respects of Levante David and, you know, Carlton Davis and Shaquille Barrett, Jason Pierre Paul, all these highly touted veterans. And then last year, I'll pull this up before we get to the draft and those comments. Let's cover Devin White real quick. I put it on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Tampa Tones. If you don't already, you can follow Huncho at just underscore brawl one M-O. And uh, I, I tweeted this the other day because I think the Devin White timeline's a little sad, but, I mean, it's right in front of our face at this point, Hunch. Nobody could really deny it at this point in time. But when you look 
at the Devin White timeline, it goes like this. Um, you know, he, he put a tweet out the other day. Uh, sorry about that. He put a tweet out the other day that said, never understand how people could use their platform to tear another person down. This is really a cold world we live in. Well, Devin White, let's do a little reality check at that. Jeremy comments, Bucks hold the cards on White. White needs to be a man and just play football. We agree, Jeremy. He needs to play exactly. on like everyone else. But Huncho, look at this. Devin White tried to play the victim, right? Said people are tearing him down. Well, in September, Devin White used his platform to tear down former Bucks quarterback Jameis Winston on the airplane, on the team plane, put it on Instagram Live. Remember that? Um, yes. On Thursday night football in October, he stopped hustling versus Baltimore, and that was pretty evident. I know he could have been out of energy, but then wave yourself out of the game. Get a backup in the game. I'm sure – one would have been ready to roll, such as KJ Britt or JJ Russell. Then in early November, first ballot Hall of Famer and one of the most notorious Bucks of all time, probably the best Bucks defender in Bucks history, Warren Sapp, calls to remove Devin White's captain patch off his chest for right. watching that Ravens film. Then this past winter, Greg Allman called Devin White out. For trying because Devin White posted all those Instagrams, you know. Oh, it's been fun with the peace sign and the checkered flag. And Greg Allman says, Huh? And Greg Allman, for those of you who don't know, I'm sure if you're watching this show, you do, but reporter for Fox News covering the NFC South, Greg Allman comes at Devin White and says, Looks like Devin White wants out at Tampa. Then Devin White pretty much snaps at Greg and says, No, you don't, you have no idea what I what this means. I'm just happy for my time in Tampa. That's all this is clearly a lie. And then in March, he was flirting with the Philadelphia Eagles, saying he looks good in green. Green's one of his favorite colors. Throwing heart emojis at Eagles tweets, wow. Eagles Instagram posts. And then when they re-signed Jalen Hurts in early April to end off the Devin White timeline, he says something on their Instagram like, oh, it's nice to see a franchise take care of their own, which makes me laugh because we've took care of Vita Vea. We've took care of Chris Godwin. No more guys. Took care of Mike Evans. We took care of Levante David. We took care of William Golston. We took care of Carlton Davis. We took care of Jamel Dean. I mean, Hunch, we can keep going on. and Yep, Godwin. We can keep going on and on all day. But Devin White, real quick, let's wrap this up. What, what What's your opinion on it? And what do you think? is the ultimate outcome with Devin White. I mean, I, I could see us moving him on draft day, or I could see us moving him at the deadline, or I could see us uh, maybe just parting ways with him at the year's end. And uh, seeing Because Todd Bowles is trying to win ultimately, and I think he loves Devin White so much that although we might only have him for this year, Todd Bowles might think it's worth hanging on to him. But that's to be seen. What's your thoughts? Uh, my whole thoughts with the Devin White, Devin White situation. First off, <clears throat> once he was drafted, he put uh he put out there, he wanted to be the highest paid linebacker, and mm -hmm. um he said something in the words of, uh get me while I'm cheap now, cause the prices are gonna go up, uh in five years. I believe that's what he said. Exactly you know, what he not said. Not verbatim. Uh, I'm not sure, but I know he said that, and um clearly he had a couple. First one, two years, he had a he, he was pretty solid. He was pretty good. Third year, uh, I believe that's when we uh took the Super Bowl. I mean, the second year, I believe we won the Super Bowl. And um, his third year, uh, he 
See, he's if he's watching film, he's not playing up to his full potential when he's a captain. And um, if you got to be realistic with yourself in those situations, man, if you're not playing up the standard uh, of the team, I don't know why you feel like you warrant a big contract instead of being um, a team first guy and, and, and looking into it and saying, hey, well, y'all need to play better. Let me get to this fifth year and show my team that I'm, I'm worth that money. For one, you're jumping out there early to try to get a um, you're trying to get a um, contract extension early. And then you want to get paid the highest uh, want to be paid over north of a hundred million. And um, when you, I sit back and I look about one of the uh, key guys that's been in this organization, Levante David with the losing days, the uh, the good days. And, and I see that he came back on a, a pretty, you know, for his, for his um play, he came back on a pretty good, decent deal. You, you get what I'm saying? And, and for Devin White, he's not, Devin White is not, in my opinion, better than Levante. He hasn't put in the work. He hasn't shown uh, that he can be reliable and consistent in the uh, past few years for him to even try to jump out there to even want to get more money than Levante David. And it's it's kind of um, frustrating, but at the same time, I feel like the Bucks have all the leverage right now with him because we don't have to pay you. Right now, we're, we're going to make him, I believe, pay play on the fifth year option at least until the trade deadline to to um, see how he performs. And he has to perform above average if he wants a big contract from us or any other team. You get what I'm saying? So he has a lot to he has to work out. He's still a young, immature guy, as you can see on his uh, Twitter and um, Instagram, the things he's posting, but. I look at it as you're wearing a C on your chest. You're a captain. You're not supposed to indulge in these type of things. And and, and you're just making yourself look bad. And, and you're losing the fan base, uh, the guys that supported you and, and bought your jerseys and go out to support you. And, I mean, these guys, they even play his song. If you ever go to the stadium, they they actually play Devin White's song that he put out a couple of years ago. They play it consistently during the game. So the, the team supports him tremendously even Ty Bowles loves him like you like you mentioned and he he just doesn't want to give up on him and I feel like they'll at least give him until the trade deadline to see how he performs and if he's underperforming or is he's just playing average we might look at other options I, I feel like it's best for us to hold on to him right now because the system he knows you know uh he he knows the system and just to get in another guy a rookie and try to get him acclimated and up to speed to play at at least Devin White's potential or better. It's going to probably take a year or so. You understand what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I think our best interest is just to hold out on him and um see what he see what how he performs this year. And but if we get a, a, a offer you can't refuse during the trade, I mean during the draft, I say you push the button on him because you don't need that top type of uh, toxic. Uh, environment and, and you we we don't deal with divas if you know your history with the bucks you know we don't deal well with divas and we don't keep those type of guys on the team me first guys don't last long around here you know so mm -hmm. and if he's that type of guy he's, he's definitely not gonna um be valuable around here to this team and to the players and to the fan base like tristan worth came out and said uh this week, I believe, in his press conference, he was like, the Super Bowl, it uh, brought a few guys together, and it, it made some guys turn into individuals. And I feel like he was basically yep. speaking on Leonard Fournette, uh, 
Antonio Brown and also uh, uh, Devin White. I could be wrong, but taking it, I, I feel like that's who he's speaking on because me first, guys, you can see now, uh, I don't believe Lenny signed with anybody at this moment, you know, and um, it's just – it's just tough to see when you, when you, especially when you're doing a year where now I want to say rebuild, but you need your players right here to be focused and locked in. When you're retooling your team, you need your leaders to step up and and um guide this team and guide the young guys that's going to be coming in. But when you got a leader and a guy that's supposed to be a uh, one of your head guys in charge, he's he's acting yep. like that on social media. I mean, it's it's not a very good look for him on his. And I'm pretty sure a lot of teams not going to want to a me first guy besides his speed let's be honest Devin White a lot of your th your play is good but a lot of your technique needs to be worked on your coverage has to be worked on what you you make up for it with your speed but it's more than that and um hopefully he gets his act together and we we figure it out because that's what we tend to do Jason Light's a good guy Todd Bowles a good guy he said he looks at Todd Bowles like a father figure so hopefully Todd Bowles can talk some sense into him and you know what I'm saying? Get him to, to play we, at his maximal, maximal. We have a lot of white comments as well. I want to get to these quick before we do move on to our mocks because it is a draft show and we're 20 minutes in and Devin White is the chatter. Isn't that the thing nowadays? Jeremy says we would get a third comp if White walks in free agency next year. I think that's a great point, Jeremy, because then regardless right now, if you trade a guy like Devin White, you're probably not going to get better than a second round pick. So you might as well value his services keep him around for at least another year right. because as Hancho right. alluded to whether it's a rookie or a veteran linebacker it's going to be hard to insert someone at this point in time who could produce Devin when he's hustling that is who could produce Devin White type plays and Devin right. White type numbers and at the end of the day if he walks at the end and we get a third next year versus if we traded him for a second this year eh, I'd rather get an extra year of his services and get a third when he walks and just getting a year shorted of him because then that's caving into him as well. And I hate teams that cave into players. So I think Jeremy makes a great point. Zach Johnson, our man, Bucks by 30, says trading Devin doesn't make us better. It creates a huge hole. Need Correct. to find common ground. Jason and staff will put the work in and get him signed. I, I agree with you to an extent, Zach. I think it does create a huge hole. And I think we do need to find common ground on this season and maybe not in the future, but on this season and sure it might not make us better right now, but yep. who's to say in the future, you know, I, I do think that there are plenty of linebackers in the national football league that are better than Devin white right now. And that's yes. sad because I I'm a huge Devin white fan. I bought my old man, a Devin white Jersey for Christmas last year. He loves Devin white. We all love Devin white, but it, it's clear as day when you watch a film, when you watch a study, when you talk to knowledgeable people around the NFL, Devin White has quite a few gaps in his game. He could play elite, and we've all seen him play elite. He was a yes. big part of this Super Bowl team. But as a lot of people see, as Warren Sapp seen on Thursday night football film against Baltimore this past season, he wanted to rip the C off of Devin White's chest, and that's Warren Sapp saying that. So as great as Devin White could be, he has to step back, realize, hey, I could put my pedal to the metal 100% a little bit more. I could earn this contract. I could go out there this fifth year with the Bucks. I could play my ass off, and I could earn a big payday, whether it's in Tampa or whether it's somewhere else. I could do all of those things. Instead, what is he doing? 
he's making it really hard for that to happen in Tampa. Maybe somewhere else, sure, but in Tampa, he's, he's making it hard on himself. And Donnie Pepin says, my two cents on Mr. White. He has been declining, so if he wants to go, peace out, my brother. Tyler says, no way the Bucks trade White. Uh, Jeremy says, in case White walks away, Miles Jack isn't a bad veteran. We got a lot of draft comments, so before we jump to the draft quickly here in a minute, Huncho, closing thoughts on Devin White. What say you? Do you agree with Jeremy more so of, hey, you know, there is a path where if Devin White leaves, we could get value. Do you agree with Donnie where if Devin wants to leave, adios? Or do you agree with Zach and Tyler more where, hey, we got to figure out this for, you know, we can't trade Devin White? I mean, we have a lot of options here. And, um, yeah, I agree. Like, at the moment, yeah, it's more more uh, better. It's a better option for us to keep him around to, to get than to get rid of him at the moment. But also with that type of mindset that he's carrying right now, you don't want – that toxic uh, environment in your locker room. And, and, and you don't want that around the players because just like we see things, the players see what type of player he is, and, and that can cause a riffle in the, in the locker room. And, you know, with the coaches, you know, you, you got to perform, Devin White, and, and that's that's what it's about. So you just need to stop chirp, chirping and, and put your cleats on and get out there and perform. And, and when that the, the good things come to those who wait and and who's patient and he should know that by now. But I feel like yes, we just we got to keep him around for now. We I, I guarantee we uh as we see my draft, uh I did pick a linebacker um in the, uh my my mock draft. So yes, I, we're gonna look for some guys. I believe in this year's draft to uh replace him and maybe if we have to uh lose Levante, we need somebody to step in and get acclimated to the system this year to groom him for next year because we don't know what may happen. I think that's a great point, Hunch, and I can't wait to get into your mock draft and see what you did there. Joe from Cleveland Me is joining us, my brother, Tampa Bay. He says, Grizz comments on the Devin White thing, so Stunna jumps in as we get our last comments on the Devin White thing. Grizz says, go young, lock up a rook in the draft. Uh, Stunna, what say you about the Devin White situation? I know he's disappointed you. I know he was one of your favorites but I know you haven't been a big fan of his antics lately yourself. Correct. And if you, and if you lose me as a fan, you really done something bad. I was the biggest Devin White supporter you ever known. Huge fan of him when he came in, love what he brought to the team this off season. He's really lost me. I say you get whatever you can get for him and move on. Uh, we save 11.7 million by moving him, and uh, we get a rookie or if we get a, a veteran that's cheaper, then we just got to do it. He don't want to be here. We need to go on without him. Right. That's the wise words of Stunna there. And then Zach comments, he will be humbled a bit if the players don't vote. Will he be humbled or will he be mad and throw a hissy fit? You know, we really don't know that with the Devin White he is right now. Exactly. Would, would it humble him or would he literally not show up to work the next day? I mean, think about it. He got not humbled when a guy like Warren Sapp called him out for not hustling. He mm -hmm. got mad, and he annihilated the media and turned it on the media. So as much as I'd like to believe, because, again, I'm a Devin White guy, or at least I hope to be a Devin White guy when he's on the Bucks this year, if he is. But, uh, you know, I, I just find that hard to believe, John, said Devin White would be humbled by not being a captain this year. I mean, we, I, I, we don't know at this time how he's been acting, but it seems to me that looking at what he's been doing the past years is like – 
he's not good with taking criticism, especially uh, constructive criticism. And um, that could play a, a big part into his decision and how he's going to act. Because uh, any guy in this in this league, you know, when a veteran speaks on you or, or a former player that was a great – so as uh, Warren Sapp's pointing point the finger and calling you out, man, you got to get in there and you got to perform. You know, no better – you have no better – if you want people to shut up, you have to step up your game. That's the best retaliation that you can give them. Just get out there and play – is your best football that you can and then we'll they'll recognize that instead of going back and forth and chirping back you know and being a baby and crying about it and requesting a trade just play your best football man i couldn't have said it better hunch and we got our last two devon white comments before we got our 2023 buccaneers seven round mock drafts brought to you by stana huncho and tampa tones Grizz, thanks again for joining us, Grizz. You are the man. He says, you save $16 million per year on a future contract. That's a great point as well. If you do dish out Devin White or don't lock him up to a big-time contract at least and you go the honcho route and you draft a guy like Jack Campbell, you have Campbell for four more years on a much cheaper contract. Obviously, the play might not be the same this year, but next year, under a year of Levante David and Todd Bowles, who knows? You know, I'm not saying I'm not saying Jack Campbell would be a Devin White level of success, but it's not impossible. It's not the craziest thing in the world. Then Stepin Pepin says Devin is stuck in 2022, and I blame Antonio Brown for all of this. That's a pretty good point because if you pay attention to social media, Huncho and Stunna, the two guys that have rode with Antonio Brown post Bucks career, like still commenting on his stuff, still liking his stuff, still hyping up Antonio Brown. Huh, who would have guessed the two guys that still follow the Antonio Brown Instagram wagon are none other than Ronald Jones and Devin White. Uh-huh. Most definitely. And look at where they ended up. So, um, And both are demanding trades. Ronald Jones is upset he wasn't released by KC last year. Now Devin White's showing his ass in the offseason. Uh, Antonio Brown is not a mentor. He's not a leader. He was a good player. And uh, unfortunately, we should have uh, tried to upgrade our team to get better than the Rams that offseason. Instead, we stayed complacent. The Rams got better, and therefore they beat us. Yeah, and Stana, this comment should intrigue you, and I think you made a great point as well that, you know, Rojo and Devin White, kind of funny how both went out of town all of a sudden. Um, you know, and us three, don't get it wrong, Stana, Huncho, and I were all big Antonio Brown guys at one point in time for his production on the field. We were all fans of Devin White. We just call it like we see it here on the Bucketeers, so it's not like we're haters. It's not like we're hating. We're just seeing what's going on and calling it out. But nonetheless, Stana, I feel like, You'll love this comment. Um, greetings, men. Checking in from Huskerland at 30 minutes to spring game. So Nebraska football spring game in 30 minutes. That transitions us well to the NFL draft. Chris does say Rojo got another ring, though. That's true. He took the LaShawn McCoy route, barely played and got another ring, although LaShawn McCoy is a lot more of a legend than Rojo. But Rojo is a two-time Super Bowl champion. LaShawn McCoy helped us beat the Vikings. Rojo didn't help the, Vi- the Chiefs win any game last year. That could be true. And Stunna, what's your thoughts on the spring game for college football quick before we get into our draft coverage? We start high school uh, spring football May 1st. It's an exciting time to be a football fan. There we go. And Huncho, you had a couple draft party comments as Huncho's going to the draft party Thursday. Stunna, will you be joining him there? 
Shoot, I might have to, man. Get me that information. I gotta. Wait. I'm gonna be leaving the school, but um, you know, we'll see. Maybe. And then Huncho, Jeremy says draft parties are dope, and you'll have fun. Any last thoughts on the draft party before we dive into our mocks? I mean, I, I've been. I attended a few draft parties. Uh, as a recent, I went to the Loose Cannons. Uh draft party i believe uh two years ago uh it was pretty nice and um i can't complain but i uh, wanted to try something different this year uh, um be around a lot of uh bucks fans and that has different perspectives and you know get a little chatter and see how they feel about the direction this team is going and our draft picks and and you know you never know what kind of information you can uh gather while you out there around at the uh, stadium and I love the Bucketeers because we get awesome comments and listeners. And my man, Mr. H, Mike Hederman, says, Kool-Aid flowing here for Coach Rule. Isn't that crazy how you could be the Panthers head coach and be viewed as one of the biggest bozos in the National Football League? Then you go to Nebraska football, a college, and you're viewed as a god. Um, we'll see how that turns out. I yeah, mean, but that's not really fair because Nebraska, they really only have Nebraska football. There's not like – a whole lot to do or, or to be proud of there in that state of anything else. That's fair. No, I, I know. I, I like Nebraska football, but I'm saying I feel bad. I feel like they're, you know, not their program's given a bit of a wrong impression on Matt Rule. Not saying he can't get them flipped around, but I think they're selling it as it's a guarantee flip. And then Grizz says, Rojo. Yeah, but that was my point. All, them, all, them, all the people that are brainwashed on that thing, so they're going to think it's great no matter if it's garbage. And I think Mike was saying that as well because the Kool-Aid flow. And so, Stunna, I think your Nebraska ties got your head in the right place. Mr. H, Stunna's our Nebraska expert, so he knows. And then Grizz says Rojo coaching up the guys from the couch. That's pretty funny. But, fellas, we're going to run through these draft comments here before we get to our mocks because we're a part of the people when we get comments. We talk about them. I know a lot of other shows run right through them. They'll post them on the screen. They might not talk about them. They'll forget about you. We don't do that here in the Bucketeers, folks. No siree. We're, we're three guys who love to talk football. We might have five guys on our show. Not the restaurant five guys, not the burger chain five on our pod. But Jeremy mm. says Robinson could very well happen if he falls. And I don't know, for those unfamiliar with Bijan Robinson, um, he's viewed as a generational running back talent out of Texas. A lot of people are high on him. A lot of people is, view him as the best talent running back wise coming out of the college football scene since Saquon Barkley. And he was on the Dan Patrick show earlier this week. He said he only had two NFL draft visits with teams. And again, this could be smoke. This could be fire. And this could not even matter as a lot of teams do stuff via internet and, uh, you know, social media these days. He said he only met with the Philadelphia Eagles, who obviously lost Miles Sanders. They did sign Rashad Penny, but that's not going to last him. So he met with the Eagles, and he met with the Bucks. So two teams that have Rashad White, you know, on the Bucks, and, and the Eagles have a plethora of backs. But will he fall? I don't think he's there at 19 anyways, personally. I think the Bucks were meeting with him and maybe hyping this up so a team – jumps in front of him to take a running back so a better tackle could fall. But we'll start with you here, Stunna. What say you on Bajan Robinson? Do you think if he falls to 19, Bucks might take a snap at him, or do you even think he's there at 19 at all? The only way I draft a running back is we trade back and get him. I wouldn't use number 19. The, the whole left tackle is too glaring, and we also have a whole right guard. So we have to rebuild our interior D-line, 
our offensive line. <laughs> we need another tight end. We need. We might need a middle linebacker. It's just too many holes. So uh, I, I, if I were to go for him, it would be if he slid way down the draft and I traded back and see he still fell to me. I think I could agree with that. Huncho, thoughts on Bajan Robinson. If he did fall to 19 with all the holes on this roster, would you take a running back? Or does that kind of wave a white flag and say, hey, if we take another running back, we just took Rashad White last year. We just took Keyshawn Vaughn a couple of years ago. We just used money on Chase Edmonds. Would that be a wasted resource to your belief? Man, I, I honestly feel like that that'll be that'll that'll be pretty good because as of late I've been doing my research and I've been looking like yes, I have full uh respect and belief in uh, Rashard White. Met him, he's a cool young guy, focused, locked in, mature guy, you know. And um I just feel like with this offense and, and how's what Dave Canals is bringing, I feel like if you add a spectacular running back to the mix on that offense, then yes, you can actually take your offense and give them a boost for, it's like what I've been hearing in my research that he's a, uh, a special talent. And, you know, if you got that opportunity to add him to the team and take your offense to another level, I mean, go for it. I mean, I've seen Jason Light work magic over the years through drafts. So I feel like we can afford to make a splash play and, and take a, um, a guy like, with Sean Robinson early in the um, draft and um, see what, what, what he can do. But um, I don't feel like it's a bad thing at all. And we were going over the took care of list earlier. Zach adds in took care of Shaq Barrett. We sure did. I was more so talking about, you know, homegrown Bucks talent, who we drafted and who we signed. But Shaq Barrett, that's a great uh, perspective for an outsider who came in on a cheap contract, busted his ass off, and then – wasn't happy on the franchise tag, but damn it, he played on the franchise tag, he, and he bet on himself, and he won, and he got a big contract. All right, so next draft comment from Donnie Pepin. Most likely we will be drafting all defensive players, maybe one offensive lineman. Although we do have a lot of holes on defense, I think, uh, you know, I think it will be a defensive heavy draft, but I don't know if, uh, you know, seven of the picks will be defense. What say you, Huncho? Uh, I feel like um, we have done that in the past, but I don't think that's the year for this. I feel like, yeah, we will go. And if we do attack defense, it'll be in the the later rounds, probably second and uh, and uh, oh, and so and oh, and so. But I don't think it's just going to be a straight defensive uh, draft because we still have needs at probably right receiver. You know, you want to get some depth there. And um, also running back, you want to get some good depth there. And our offensive line, like he mentioned, and you never know, we might go quarterback also. So it's it's a it's a cute, it's gonna be interesting to see what we do here um in this draft. Stunna, we're gonna flip, we're gonna switch off comments now because we do have a lot of draft ones pouring in, which is awesome. Another one, would you take Bijan at 19 if he was available? You kind of answered that, but I'll answer that briefly because I really didn't. If he was available at 19. I this is so tough because we need so so much else other than running back. I if he's available at 19, I do think the Bucks draft him because they did the same thing with OJ Howard when we didn't necessarily need a tight end. So I think yes, I probably would, but like I don't think it'd be the smartest thing in the world. But knowing the Bucks history, I do think they probably would. Me personally, I wouldn't. Um, but I think the Bucks would if that answers your question, Tyler. I know a little confusing there, but me, 
I wouldn't. The Bucks, I think they It's not a must. Would. It's not, it's not Go a on, must. Hunch. I'm sorry, but yeah, it's not a must. Like I was saying, it's it's gonna be it's quite a few uh, good running backs, it's quite a few good cornerbacks and, and safeties in this draft. And um, I feel like yeah, it's not a need to get Brashawn Robinson at, at 19, but if he's available, I mean, you 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 can't take a try on him, you know, and take a shot at him. But it's not a need. Like I'm with you more so on the fence, you know. Thinking about it, we don't need to go 19 running back. But if he's available there, that's just a it's just a game changer, I believe. And but you, as you see the history with Saquon and injuries and stuff like that, one injury you, and then. What do you have? So, yeah, I would like to have a good depth at running back also. So, something happened to Rashard White, then who are we looking at? We're looking at uh, Keyshawn Vaughn and, come on. I, and Chase I mean, Edmonds. Chase Edmonds. I, I feel like, now we're going to have to solidify that spot. In- I want to draft one eventually. I'm just right. not sure if round one is my preferred pick. But, hey, you, you know. So Mike comments. If Kool-Aid. he can drop to nineteen, he can drop to twenty-six. That's fair as well, Sonnen, because if he drops to nineteen, maybe there's a reason for that. Mike says about the Nebraska native. He says Kool-Aid comment is spot on. Stunna, it's your turn to answer a comment. Jeremy um tacks on A B was poison in the locker room. I know you were a big A B guy at one point, Stunna. Do you agree? Do you think he was a poison in the locker room that may have led Devin White to maybe, you know, how he feels now? Well, of course he was poisoned in the locker room. Didn't he get Mike um, Anderson uh, suspended or Mike Edwards suspended mm-hmm. for three games? So, right, there's your evidence of that. Um, you know, A.B. helped us win a Super Bowl. For that, he will always be loved. And he made Pittsburgh relevant for years. I'm sure he, some fan base out there still loves him for his contribution. At the end of the day, he wasn't a team player. He um, he would have got his bonus if he would have been if he would have been mature enough to just get through the Jets game. The very next week, he would have gotten the money. He was just you know he, he I don't know what his problem is, man. You, you you can't be in the league that long. I mean, it's like he wanted out or something. You know, he, he, it was self-destruction, and it, that make, that really don't make no sense. Why would you purposely destroy your career like that? But obviously, he was he want he didn't want to play. He wanted to be, uh, you know, he he wanted to be famous. He wanted to be a a, a rapper or something like that. But um, no, nah, man, we we should have not resigned him. We should have went out and got him uh, a Robinson or, or somebody like that. Uh, but but hindsight's twenty twenty. We did bring back the whole team. The problem I had was that that Super Bowl team still lost to the Rams, and the Rams turned around and got um, Matt Stafford. So they improved their team after they had already beat that team. So we should have put – instead of bringing back that, that previous team, we should have brought back a team that could beat the Rams. Yeah, I hear you on that. And I believe we could have beat them. I mean, it came down to one play, so came down to that play, and we still – and we were a little hurt. A lot of guys were banged up. I I, I don't see – Antonio Brown, I'm just – just say this real quick tones uh antonio brown he was our third wide receiver and he he actually did perform pretty well it's just sometimes when you lean on a guy and he he knows that he's needed with a guy like ab he's going to take full advantage of of, of things like that and you see where that led to him not even playing another snap because nobody's going to want that type of guy on 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 their team and if Devin white is looking at antonio brown for any uh leadership or or following behind you you you're going to see what you get you see what you get with that type of attitude. 
Yeah, I hear you on that. And Antonio Brown, obviously, when he produces or when he has his head on straight, he's one of the best in the game. But Correct. he's a loose screw, and, you know, he could pop off at any time on the field or in terms of off-the-field antics. So, uh, you know, it's pretty crazy, but uh, we'll see what happens. And uh, I think his NFL days are numbered. Next comment. Uh, let's get back to our draft talk as much as, you know, Antonio Brown's intriguing and, We've gotten comments. It feels good talking draft. Grizz says we got like 10 guys on offensive line. I'm saying grab a playmaker in round one. Grizz, I, I could agree with that, but where has that got us before? Eh, not the best results. I mean, we drafted O.J. Howard in round one because he was supposed to be a playmaker, right? But at the same token, we drafted Tristan Wirfs in round one. And then some linemen we've hit on in the mid-rounds, some linemen we haven't. You know, I know we do have some young linemen, like a Leverett, like a Godecki, those type of guys, a Hainsey. They could all pan out, right? But are we really going to roll the dice that all three of those guys pan out potentially? I mean, that's a lot to ask for. You got your stalwarts with a Tristan Wurst and Ryan Jensen at left tackle and center. And then that means you're rolling the dice and saying out of Godecki, out of Hainsey, out of, uh, you know, another mid-round pick out of Leverett and out of Stinney, three of those guys will be effective. And uh, I, I get your point that, you know, Rashad White put up the same numbers as Lenny last year, but that could be a part A, he's a rookie, and B, the offensive line did not play that great last year. And we've seen uh, Tom Brady throw a lot of balls in the dirt to attribute to that. Last year's O-line is not this year's O-line. I know we get Jensen back, and the guys do grow a little older, but essentially – Right now, it is the same guys, so let's hope they pan out. I just think it'd be pretty essential or pretty big if the Bucks got, you know, not saying we will find another worse in the draft, but heck, it panned out once. Why not try a tackle or a guard again and see what we can do? Stunna, let's start with you on this one. Do you want to see an O-lineman in the first round before we get to our mocks? Yes, I do, because I don't know if Tristan Wirfs can play left and why uh, risk it. Um, Devin Smith was a second round pick at left tackle and played for, uh, you know, a great number of years in Tampa. We use a first round pick on that O-line. We have to solidify up front. And that way, well, whoever the quarterback is, we're not getting them banged up because like you said, Brady had an offer throwing it in the dirt. Uh, different quarterback might take them varsity licks and might be out for the season. And we've, we've seen what, uh, Tampa Bay looks like with, uh, Gronk, you know, uh, third straight quarterbacks uh, under center. So I definitely take an offensive tackle. Uh, I might trade down and try to get one if there's a lot available. But uh, we have to shore up that O-line. We we went too many years with a bad O-line, and we've seen the results. So um, as long as we get someone that's a little bit better or even comparable to Devin Smith, uh, I'll be very happy with that pick. Donovan Smith, yes, sir. But I, I, I know what you're saying. And then – uh, Huncho, this one's for you. Robinson is game changer, but tackle or edge is the first pick. Do you agree there, Hunch? Uh, no, I, I, I definitely don't. I'm not so big on the edge in the first round. Also, and um, tackle also, I don't see in the first round. I don't, I don't feel like it's a need because, as you say, we have guys grooming. We have guys that we groomed, and um, if Tristan Wirfs, you know, can play to the left side, that'll be amazing. If he can't, that'll be amazing. If he can stay where he's at. 
And I feel like we do have a, a few guys in the fold that we can try to test out on um, on the right side if we move Tristan over to the left and um, see. If not, I've seen like get linemen in deeper rounds, third, fourth, you know, Ali Marpet. Nobody knew who Ali Marpet was. Donovan Smith, he was good. You got uh, 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 the guy that went to the um, the Bengals. Um, uh, Alex Kappa. You had Kappa. There's a lot of guys like we groomed in these offensive positions that that played well. And um, like he has a knack for uh, finding guys like that for the offensive line late in the later rounds. And I understand we went Tristan Wirfs in the first round, but that was how long? When was that? Was probably like the first time in how many years that we went O lineman in the first round? And look where we were picking it. We were way closer to the than we are now. So I I don't feel like it's a need as if now to go get tackled in the but first. Won't you agree until Wirfs got here, our offensive line was viewed below average? Correct. And um, it was it was below average. I I can agree with you on that. And I feel like when you got Tristan Wirfs, he was a, a diamond. Like he's one of a special type. He's a special type of guy that you know that we moved up early, like one slot to make sure we got, and it was well worth it. But where we were picking it, I feel like it was a more he was a one of a kind type of, of lineman. Now, do we see those type of one of a kind linemen now to take one like at 19 that far back? I, I don't just see it. I feel like we can we can probably figure that out in the later rounds, but that's just my opinion. And Grizz seems to agree with you. He says, I think light is loading up on offense. I just can't get behind that because, again, when we did that with O.J. Howard trying to load up on talent, didn't lead us well. And then you look around the NFL, right? You look at all these first-round running backs. Lonnie F. was just a first-round back in 2017. The Jaguars barely got any use of him. Saquon Barkley has missed, what, two or three seasons in the NFL. Uh, all these first-round running backs, you know, you date back to Darren McFadden, you date back to Felix Jones, you date back to Trent Richards. Travis Henry was a second-round pick. Yeah, there's so, exactly. There's so many high-end running backs that just don't make it. They don't pan I, out. And their longevity of their careers, you know, is just not there. And running back is a position where the longevity of their career is just not there. So before I waste my pick, 19th overall pick on a guy who might only play three to five effective seasons. And although they might be really effective seasons, is this Bucks team going to be Super Bowl contenders in a year or two? Um, if not, well, that's the answer right there. OJ was drafted. Grizz, that doesn't matter. It didn't work. It didn't work. We drafted OJ at 19th pick because for your reasoning, you wanted a playmaker and that's, your argument on Bajan Robinson, well, it didn't work with OJ on potential or resume. And Cleve and me agrees with that. Either way, he was drafted and it didn't work exactly. That's my point. And uh, J.C. Allen, hey, the wise guy shows up. J.C. Allen joins us. <laughs> Tone's draft is trash. J.C. Talk to him, J.C. J.C., first of all, Pewter Report relegated you from doing mock drafts because uh, – you know, they seen what you could do in a mock draft and it wasn't pretty. <laughs> so uh, I think you got kicked off the pewter report wow. mock draft team, brother. So what are you going to do when Tone's a maniac? Did, didn't JC running? have us get the Ohio State quarterback or something in 19? I think JC has us uh, doing some type of 
crazy stuff in 19. But I'm just kidding. All jokes aside, check out JCL and, and all of Pewter Report's great work over there at Pewter Report as they do work so hard this time of year to bring everybody uh, the best draft coverage they possibly can. Hey. Eric says, what takes Derrick Henry might go in Eagles. I'm not really sure what that says, but maybe Derrick Henry going to the Eagles. Uh, I don't think they get Derrick Henry. What say you, Huncho? I, I just can't see it happening. No, nah, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, There's plenty of running backs in a draft for them to get. And um, if they could go after somebody like a cook or something like that, I, that's more so in their system. And um, I feel like um, speaking on the last thing, I want to get this out when I say about OJ Howard was coming out. But if you know OJ Howard coming out was more so of a, a blocking tight end. He wasn't a, a pass catching. And I think in Alabama, he only had a few. Like, he was known for his blocking more so than his catching down the field. And that was when Bama didn't yep. really have quarterbacks yet either, though. So let's not yeah. forget that token. That was before they had their run of Tua, Mac Jones, right. Jalen right. Hurts. That was when they were more full of the Trent Richardsons of the world. So I don't really fault um, – O.J. Howard of that, much like when you look at Iowa back in the day when Noah Font and T.J. Hawkinson were first-round picks. Yeah, they were primarily like O.J. Howard type in college too, but mm -hmm. that's how tight ends kind of roll at those type of offenses at that point in time. All right, I got you. Jeremy says, I still love Branch, but he'll be gone along with Jones, Johnson, Skorsky, and Wright as well. I hope Darnell Wright's still there. You never know if he is or not, but um, we'll talk about that in our mocks. Eric says, do you guys think draft running back round one? We already talked all about that. Um, Huncho kind of wants one in round one. Stunna and I not so much, but um, it wouldn't surprise us if the Bucks did. They took O.J. Howard, a tight end, at 19 before. It wouldn't surprise me if they take a running back at 19. Jeremy says, I think Tristan would benefit Godecki on the right and draft Harrison at left tackle. Um, that could be. That's an offensive line pick. Uh, Harrison we'll get into in a bit as we got to get to our mocks. So we're going to keep motoring through these comments. Jeremy adds, Kamara was a third. Great point. You could find running back value late. James Robinson was an undrafted running back. Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor wasn't a top 19 overall pick. So um, you could really find great running backs outside. Pacheco the for the Chiefs. Isaiah Pacheco, yeah, look at the difference he made. I think he was round seven or something crazy like that. Um, you know, you look around the league, and there's just a bunch of running backs that sort of fit that nature nowadays. So um, really good stuff there, Jeremy. I do agree that in such a running back deep class, I just don't think – that we should take a running back at all in this deep of a running back draft class. I think it would be an unwise thing to do with this many holes on the roster personally. Uh, Jeremy, playoff contenders at best. I agree. And, you know, if you draft a running back, we're if, if we're Super Bowl contenders, if we're Super Bowl contenders, we draft a running back. We're not Super Bowl contenders right now. So I don't want to waste his prime. So, Grizz, I don't really get your comparison, and I don't really um, agree with you, buddy. I'm sorry about that. Cleve and me need more D-line. Didn't get to the QB enough last year when it counted. Yes, exactly. Look at that. JTS is just not cutting it. Nelson is just not cutting it. These guys are great depth guys, and I love them as depth, but 
JTS proved last year he's not ready to start at least yet. I think if we added in an edge, I got us taking an edge in round two after we take a JTS line. JTS might be a bust. Yeah, that would be a little bit scary. Uh, Stunna, what say you about your life? I think we need an edge as well. What say you on that? Need it, but interior D-line is a bigger priority. Huncho, quick, um, bigger priority, edge or interior D-line? Hunch. Well, m maybe we'll get Huncho's opinion I'm sorry, I'm sorry here in a minute. Maybe. I'm sorry. Are you saying no, you're edge good. Or, uh, uh, interior D-line or edge? I'm definitely going to go with – Um, I'll say I think in my mock I went actually interior. But uh, edge or interior, it really wouldn't matter because we, de we definitely need to upgrade on both. Definitely JTS, he definitely uh, is not – I don't think he is – panning out to be that guy we expected him to be right now. So, I mean, we're going to have to find another solution or another somewhere else to go with him because we need more uh, we need more sacks, man. And, and he's he's over-pursuing, and it's like he's not quite getting it. I thought he, he would step up when JPP left, but he's not quite doing it. And with Logan Hall, I, I haven't seen enough with from him yet, but I definitely want to – those two positions need to be uh, addressed. Pops joins in on Twitter and says we need an edge rusher in the first two rounds of the draft. I do agree with that as well. Grizz says he wanted which, Buda which Baker. Which means you trade down. Which means you trade down. We could trade down, and I, I have ourselves trading down. We'll talk about that in our mock. Uh, Grizz said he wanted Buda Baker in the 2017 draft as a playmaker. Yeah, that would have been a nice pick. I mean, realistically, now looking in hindsight, anything over A.J. Howard pretty much would have paid benefits or been a superior pick almost um, in the rear view mirror there. Jeremy says Darnell Wright is climbing up draft boards. Mr. H Tones go to go, got to go his town. His state is closing up spring game. All right, Mr. H have fun at the spring game. Thanks for sharing your Nebraska insights with us. Grizz, by the same logic, you can find a tackle late too. See Ryan Jensen, but Jensen's a center. I know we, he was drafted at a different position, but yeah, he's a center. You find uh, more centers late tackles, and eh, they're more so in the first round. Grizz, all the dominant tackles are more so high end picks. I agree, interior D lineman. You're absolutely right. I'm sure there's a couple tackles out there that have been found later in the draft, but primarily they're a first round position. I think you could find value in running back later in the draft for sure though especially this year mike says sixty thousand in the stands with temperatures in the 40s wow that's crazy that's amazing um you know nebraska loves their football you buck that gage joins us i like the positions taken in tones draft the qb he took i had no idea who he was i would have picked bennett or max duggan and i took malik cunningham i'll get into my details about the Cunningham pick in a little bit. Some people not fans of that quarterback from Louisville, but five years experience to me, um, you know, maybe our Purdy type pick, not saying he could pan out like a Purdy, but with all that experience. And I like him as a dual threat because Malik um, has his legs there pretty well as well. We'll flush through some comments here as well. Mike says there will be, uh, no playoffs this year. Are you serious, Baker Mayfield? We'll see, Mike. The NFC South just isn't that good, so you never know. 
Uh, Gage says we got to take a tackle. I think Stunna and I agree. All right, guys, let's get right to our mock drafts. There's plenty of edges in the draft. Jeremy says tackle is more of a need. Taking Robinson is more of a want. I agree completely, Gage. It's actually a really good point. JC's anti. No, you're not going to ignore Mike. Damn it, we have a lot of comments. Sorry, brother. I'm trying to get to you quicker. We haven't even gotten to our mocks. But here we go, fellas. What do the drafts look like, JC? Um, they're better than yours. No, I'm kidding. But we're going to go around the room now. And each we'll go with our first round picks to start. And if you trade it back, make it knowing that you trade it back and make it knowing um, what you got in return for that trade back. So I'll go first with my first round pick, pick number 19 in the 2023 NFL draft. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers select. I have them trading back. I was proposed a trade in the draft simulator. For the 19th overall pick, let me pull up the full draft details here. Um, let me pull up the full details. But I got a pretty good haul, I think. And I got offered a lot of picks for pick 19. I got offered a lot of offers for pick 19. But I like the Giants offer the best. And maybe the Giants were moving up for a wide receiver. Maybe they were moving up for a lineman. Who knows? But from the New York football giants i got offered pick number 25 in the first round pick number 57 in the second round and a day three 2024 nfl draft pick so i accepted that i moved back to pick 25 and there i was still able to land darnell Wright from tennessee if he falls to 25 if we're able to trade back and get that great of a draft selection like a darnell Wright, could you imagine him at the right tackle, Tristan Wirfs at the left tackle, Jensen at center, and then you have a competition between uh, Godecki, Stinney, Leverett, and Hainsey for the guard spots. You're looking at one tough SOB of an offensive line. Um, that's what I did with the first round. I traded back, and at the 25th selection, I was still able to get Darnell right. Then I was able to add the 57th pick of the draft, which is a second rounder and a day three pick next year. So pretty good value there for building for now and building for the future, I felt. Huncho, we'll go with you next. What was your first round pick or first round move if you traded back from whatever you might have done? Hunch? Oh, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, uh, at, that at that time I did trade out. Uh, not sure what team was it, but I traded out with a team and then I uh, gathered some more picks and then I uh, got my pick in the second round, which was was Sydney Brown, <clears throat> believe from Illinois, a safety. You know what I'm saying? I just wanted to, uh, you know, shore up the uh, secondary. I really wanted to go with Levis in the first round, but he was not there. Tennessee ended up taking him. So I, I, I moved to the second round and, and acquired more picks and, I uh, picked the safety out, and I feel like he'll he he's a good guy. Kind of reminds me of Antoine Winfield. He will play mostly nickel, and you know, I feel like that'll be that pick. I I was just trying to see at that moment. That's not my my real mock, but I was just trying some things. And I know a lot of you of iCats um, around the area, obviously being in the Chicagoland area, a lot of them are high on Sydney Brown. So if the Bucks trade out around one. 
um, and accumulate a lot of picks. I'm guessing you got, what, three or four draft picks for trading out around one all the way back into round two, Hunch? Yes, I believe it was two. I'm sure. I think it was two. All right, so uh, trading into round two, accumulating two picks on top of that. If they're good enough picks, maybe, but I'd like to try and stay in round one if possible. Not against trading into round two, but – um, you know, I would maybe try and like to stay in round one, but Sidney Brown would be a value pick. He might be gone. He might be there, but I think a lot of people would be happy if Sidney Brown landed with the Bucks because, you know, we got Ryan Neal on a cheap one-year deal, and then we have Antoine Winfield, who's entering into the last stages of his contract. He'll probably resign, but regardless, the Bucks need another safety. Stunna, first pick. Or first round move for the Bucks in your eyes? What do you see him doing? Yeah, I took the left tackle um, from um, uh, Tennessee also, and um, <clears throat> so I, I really didn't. The rest of the picks I made, I really didn't know the names. I kind of just went by the the uh, positions, uh, and I don't have it in front of me. I, and unfortunately, I'm running I, out of time. I got it here. for you. So, so if I'm, you're I'm, running out of time, no worries. I can uh, carry the rest of your draft through if you need. Yes, I'm going to need you to do that. I'll just make a couple comments before I get out of here. Um, so, you know, I, I looked at positions, interior line. We're going to have to go linebacker to replace White. we got to get an edge. we got to get a safety. Right now, I don't I don't think we have two starting safeties. And we got to get a left tackle. That, that's my priority needs. And I just want to say to Bucketeers, we're not haters, man. We love our Buccaneer players. We always support our draft picks. You know, me, you, Haunch, we always supported AB. We always supported Devin. It's until the players do something to our team that, that, that you know, they, they draw our ire. But, but we're, we, we, love our, we love our community. We love our players. And we're always going to support these guys. When we get these draft picks, let's support them with open arms. Let's make them feel encouraged. Let's make them to feel part of our Buccaneer community. And let's de- definitely cheer, our, cheer them on and cheer our team on to the most. Go Bucks! I agree, Stana. We thank you for joining us, brother. You have a safe rest of the Saturday. And Stana is gone. Uh, Hunch, we're going to each run off the rest of our picks now here quickly. Um, we wanted to highlight the first round. And, again, we're going to get more into mocks here um, coming up on Tuesday and Wednesday. But now I'm just going to run through the rest of my draft and the rest of Stunna's, and you could run through the rest of yours. We'll talk about that a little bit, and we'll head out of here and enjoy our Saturdays. So uh, the rest of my draft, at pick 50, I got edge rusher out of Georgia Tech, Keon White, experienced edge rusher, played, uh, you know, in an important conference in football, ACC, always a big-time one over there. And, um, you know, or I'm sorry, but... Um, you know, Keon White, I think, could pay dividends. And then we added an extra pick. Sorry, I was reading something here, and uh, I got a little confused because I got a 57th pick on top of the 50th pick. Mozzie Smith, D-tackle from Michigan. Um, he's a big boy, 330-pounder. I think he could pay huge dividends. I think he could be one of those guys who comes in, fills a lot of gaps, and uh, fills in nicely for this Bucks team as depth. We know we brought in a couple cheap guys and I miss uh, a couple cheap guys earlier this season, off season and whatnot. But um, yeah, I think that we do draft a defensive tackle there. 
And then is Stunna's round two pick. He got Brandon Joseph out of Notre Dame. Stunna's round three pick. Byron Young, D-tackle from Alabama. At pick 128, he got Dorian Williams, linebacker from Tulane. 153, he took Yaya Diaby Edge from Louisville. 175, Stunna took Riley Moss from Iowa. And then uh, last pick, he took Payne Durham, the tight end from Purdue. Rounding out my draft quick before we get to the rest of Hunches. Again, I got Darnell Wright from Tennessee. Keon White out of Georgia Tech, um, ACC experience edge over there. Mozzie Smith, D-tackle from Michigan uh, as our extra pick from trading back to pick 25 in the first round. At pick 82, Sam Laporta from Iowa, the big tight end. He could be a really good, effective tight end at the next level. Pick 175, I got DeMarco Hellams, safety from Alabama. Pick 179, I got the big corner from Oregon State. Uh, over 6-1, I think this guy would fit in like a glove with McCollum, Dean, and Davis, Rajon Wright. Pick 181, I got his draft in more O-line depth. Oleskun Aluwatami, he's listed as a center, but he could play guard as well. Big body out of Michigan there. Pick number 196, this was the pick that Gage was talking about earlier. This is a pick that some people were like, who? Malik Cunningham, quarterback from Louisville. He could pay dividends. He's like a Brock Purdy in terms of experience as he has five years of college experience, does Malik Cunningham. And he intrigues me because he has legs and he has an arm. He has both of them that he could use. So uh, we'll see. We've seen Louisville quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, like Teddy Bridgewater in years past. We'll see. If um, Malik Cunningham could pay any dividends, he has over a thousand yards rushing in 2021. Pretty good dual threat there, if you ask me. Then the last pick of the draft, I chose Florida local native right now out of UCF, Isaiah Bowser. I know the Bucks have had him in for a pre-draft visit. I think I'd like a running back with a little bit better hands and pass catching ability out of the backfield. But at the end of the day, I think Bowser wouldn't be a terrible fit because we did just sign Chase Edmonds. So, um, we could have a backfield of White, Bowser, Edmonds, and Vaughn at that point in time. Huncho, uh, let's hear the rest of your draft, brother. All right, one second. Um, okay, so at um, you know, I went with uh, my 50th pick. I took Sidney Brown, the safety out of Illinois, and um, at 82, I took a running back. I took Tajay Spears out of Tulane, and um. Good twitchy guy, and he also can play special teams. Also, pretty good guy. Um, with the 86 pick, I took an offensive tackle out of uh, BYU, Blake Freeland, with that trade. Um, with the 153 pick, I took Byron Young out of Alabama. With the 175th pick, I took Ivan Pace Jr., linebacker out of Cincinnati. And with the 179th pick, I took Dylan Horton. He's an edge rusher out of TCU. And um, <clears throat> 181 pick, I took Charlie Jones, wide receiver out of Purdue. Nice twitchy guy. Um, speed's pretty good. And also, with my last pick at 100, I mean, I'm sorry, with the 196 pick, I took Makai uh, Garner, cornerback out of LSU. And at the last pick that I chose was Brent Braden Willis, tight end out of Oklahoma. 
I think that'd be intriguing. And we all have us taking similar positions. You could just interchange the names. You and Stunna both have us taking Byron Young, actually. Yeah. Um, and I think you guys each have us taking Ty J Spears as well. So you and Stunna have a couple similarities. We all have similar positions. And, um, you know, Jeremy says he likes a Mozzie from Michigan pick. I think he'd shore up nicely behind Vita, Vea, myself. Huncho, any last-minute thoughts or words on our mock drafts, either Stunna's, um, myself, or yours? Again, let's just run through them one more time. I'll run through mine and Stunner's. You run through yours, and we'll give our one big thing and walk off out of here. My Buck seven-round mock was Darnell Wright at pick 25 from trading back. Keon White, number 50 overall, edge from Georgia Tech. Mozzie Smith, number 57, that's our extra pick from trading back, D-tackle from Michigan. Sam Laporta, tight end from Iowa at 82. DeMarco Helams, safety from Alabama at 175. Rez John Wright, the big corner from Oregon State at 179. 181, Olis Gunn, Tommy, the offensive center from Michigan. 196, Malik Cunningham, quarterback from Louisville. 252, Isaiah Bowser, running back UCF, then Stunna's real quick. Round one, he didn't do any trades. Darnell Wright from Tennessee. Round two, 50th overall, Brandon Joseph. Round three, Byron Young from Alabama. Round four, Dorian Williams, linebacker from Tulane. Then he had Yaya Diaby, Riley Moss, and Payne Durham. Grizz mentioned that he likes your Tajay Spears pick a lot, Huncho, and he says solid drafts. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. So, yeah, with my 50th pick, <clears throat> I took Sidney Brown, safety of Illinois, 82. I took Tajay Spears, running back out of Tulane, 86. Break Freeland, O's offensive tackle out of BYU, 153. Byron Young, Alabama defensive lineman. Ivan Pace, Jr., linebacker out of Cincinnati. Dylan Horton at 179. Edge, <clears throat> he's an edge rusher out of TCU. 181, I put Charlie Jones, right receiver out of Purdue. Man, that guy's going to be nice. You got to look him up. He's nice, Tones. Uh, Makai Greer at 196. He's a cornerback out of LSU. And for my last pick, I chose Braden Willis, a tight end out of Oklahoma. So that's you got Payne Durham, Stunna chose tight end. You got your tight end, you just said. I chose Sam Laporta, all tight ends. We all got similar like ideas and whatnot. You see what I'm saying? I like Laporta. He's uh he's over there. Uh, where where is he at again? Um, Iowa. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good guy. I like I like him. He was one of the top uh tight ends I was looking at also. As Jeremy says, Payne Durham is a red zone target. That's a great point, Jeremy. I don't mind that as a later round pick. Grizz says solid drafts. We had a lot of fun today, Hunch. Grizz was yeah. great. Jeremy was great. Gage was great. Mike was great. JC. It goes on and on and on. Tyler at the beginning, Steppin' Pep and Joey. I mean, we had some great contributors today. Mike from Nebraska yeah. and Nick as well and everyone in between. It was a fun one, Huncho. What do you think? Yeah, it was awesome. I feel like we could keep going on and on and on, man. Yeah, we could be here for all day just talking about drafts and bucks talk, man. It was a good one, man. Sometimes I wish that the time we had, we had more time, but I, I enjoyed every second of it. It felt good to get back on the podcast. You know, I got to get warmed back up to it. And um, I just like to get in the flow of things, but I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to Tuesday to getting back in here and, and diving more into some draft picks and, and what we're going to do. 
and maybe J.C. Allen uh, could join us either Tuesday or next Saturday from Pewter Report. Maybe Jeremy, maybe anyone who wants to hop on the Bucketeers will be doing that. And for those of you, again, uh, program update, we will be with you live twice within this next week, bringing you guys very good draft coverage on the Bucks end. Tuesday or Wednesday night, most likely Tuesday night. We'll keep you guys posted, though. We're going to do our official live mock draft for NFL round one. And uh, we're going to take turns as co-host and go through that. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, we're going to speed that up a little bit, though, and get through it and then talk some Bucks draft pick coverage. Grizz says draft season. Yes, it is, baby. You know it, Grizz. And you were great today, bro. Thanks for the fun back and forth. And that's what's great about the draft. You really can't be wrong pre-draft, right? Grizz wants something. I want something. Honcho wants something. You really can't say anyone's wrong for wanting something until five to ten years from now. And then you can be like, oh, I told you so. That guy was a bad pick, uh, you know. But um, we'll go down the road and discuss. So Tuesday or Wednesday night, we'll be live with you guys. Hopefully get a couple guests on and do our mock draft. And then a week from today, it's a Bucketeers tradition. For the third year in a row, we're going to be coming at, with you guys live for day three of the NFL draft. Not the whole NFL draft that day because – Day three is a marathon, not a sprint. It's so damn long. But the Bucketeers will be with you guys for day three of the NFL draft next Saturday live going over all the latest and greatest with your Tampa Bay Buccaneers and in the world of the NFL draft. I can't wait for Tuesday or Wednesday. I can't wait for Saturday. And heck it, Huncho, I can't wait for the damn draft at this point. I'm ready to go, brother. Any last words before we hop out of here and enjoy our Saturdays? I mean, I want everybody to be safe, take care of yourselves this weekend, and um, just uh, ready for some uh, Bucks football soon. I, 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 I'll just settle with the draft, you know. I'm going to look at some more prospects and um, probably come up with another mock draft, and I'll send it to you, and we can go over it, you know. Yes, sir. We can all absolutely do that. I like the thoughts of that. If you guys want to see Honcho's, mine, or Stunna's seven-round bunk mock drafts, they will be posted on the Bucketeers Twitter account through the week. On Sunday, tomorrow, we're going to post my seven-round mock. On Monday, we're going to post uh, Stunna's seven-round mock. And then on Tuesday, we're going to post Honcho's seven-round mock. And then on Wednesday, we're going to have a poll to see who you guys like the best. And then, uh, again, we have our episodes Tuesday, Saturday. Huncho going to be awesome, brother. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. I'm ready, man. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Fire the damn cannons. You guys can keep up with the Bucketeers pod on YouTube at Bucketeers Podcast, on Twitter at Bucketeers. We got more news. We got rays and lightning on the horizon in Tampa today. We got the Rays going for a historic start continued, man. They're on fire right now. They're the hottest thing in sports. And then you got the Lightning looking to take a 2-1 to lead on the Toronto Maple Leafs. We are Team Tampa Bay at the end of the day. Huncho, who are you more excited for today, if anyone, Lightning or Rays? I definitely am Lightning. Huncho's looking forward to the Lightning. I'm looking forward to the Lightning and Rays. We got a great Saturday on the horizon, Tampa Bay. Keep up with us on Twitter at Bucketeers, Instagram Bucketeers Pod, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Bucketeers uh, Podcast, and Facebook, Bucks Life News, LLC. Fire the damn cannons. Go Bucks. Enjoy your Saturdays, everyone. Jeremy, Grizz, Joey from Cleveland, me, J.C. Allen of Pewter Report, Nick, and so much more. 
thank you. Thank you, thank you, Mike from Nebraska, for joining the Bucketeers. Until next time, we love you guys. Peace out, Tampa. Go 813. Go raise the lightning, baby. We'll be back on Tuesday. Right, Hunch? Let go. Let's go. but you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there. Bro, that, that game atmosphere was ridiculous. Energy, electricity. I played with Rock and anyone was there. And a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Super Buck fans were there, too. Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron show of WDAE. Uh, Pat Donovan. And it sounds like Stunna is bumbling a little bit. Gonna put him on mute for a second until that gets a little cleared. But we're joined by Pat Donovan. It looks like Stunna is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there. (laughs) It does look like we got a little. No, my my, uh, camera's broke.